Hello and welcome to the Cinema Judge. Welcome aboard. Now, first things first. As you can clearly tell, I have a bit of a chest cold going on here today. So I'm going to try to make this a little bit less about me this episode, which most people will gladly enjoy. I'm going to have a lot more interviews so you can hear from the cast themselves. But here is what we have approached the bench today. Super Mario Brothers movie. Now, here it is. The story in a nutshell. A Brooklyn plumber named Mario travels through the Mushroom Kingdom with a princess named Peach and a mushroom named Toad to find Mario's brother, Luigi, and to save the world from a ruthless, fire-breathing Koopa named Bowser. And this movie stars Chris Pratt, Anna Taylor-Joy, Charlie Day, Jack Black, just to name a few. So, without further ado, here's a trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Just like you. Do you think I know every human being with a mustache wearing an identical outfit with a hat with a letter of his first name on it? <laughs> because I don't. Bowser is coming. Together, we are going to stop that monster. How? Look at us. We're adorable. Oh, I got this. No problem. <laughs> Now, I might be way off base here, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm thinking a lot of us, the vast majority of us, know about Mario Brothers or have played the game at least once in our lives. And again, I'm not saying everybody has. I'm making a little bit of a leap here. So I don't really need to tell you too much about this storyline. But you may be surprised to know that he wasn't a plumber in the original game. His name wasn't even Mario. He made his first appearance in the 1981 Nintendo arcade game Donkey Kong. Mario's character was called Jumpman, and he was a carpenter rather than a plumber. Just a fun fact. But I think I can speak for a lot of us. To see this on the big screen or just in movie form at all, 
is just one of those things that we've all been wanting to see. And I can almost also honestly say, if you've seen this movie, I think it brings back so much memories, nostalgia, and just feeling of just happiness of playing it as a kid. And if you're an old enough adult where you have a child now, you can share that experience with them in in the theater together. And we're going to hear some interviews about that coming up. But at first, we're going to hear from the directors. And then after the directors, we're going to hear from the creator of this whole series of Mario, from the, the creator of from Nintendo. They're at the red carpet with the CEO of Illumination Pictures. And when you hear the man talk about the Nintendo, the creator of, of that, first he'll be talking in his na- native language. But then there will be somebody, an interpreter, speaking what he says. So I'm not going to cut out what he says, because some of you might understand, you know, everything he's saying. So that's what's going to happen. You're going to hear the both the big shots of Nintendo and Illumination talking about this film. This whole thing has been such a dream for me that I'm like, oh, it's got to be a prank. Like, there's going to be a moment when somebody's going to say, this isn't real. Haha, we got you. But it's real. It's really happening. So it really is a dream come true. Yeah, and especially to come out of the pandemic, this this is a movie that was made in the pandemic. We were all making it inside our homes. We were separated. Somehow the crew was able to pull off the impossible. And now the world is coming back out. We hope this movie is something that people could celebrate together in movie theaters, and uh, it's very exciting for us. So あの、映画になるのが随分時間かかりましたけども、やっぱりお父さんお母さんまで知ってるキャラクターっていうところに僕らたどり着いたので、これからまだまだ。yeah, so it did take a while to create the movie, but we're at a point where the characters recognized by, you know, fathers and ch- fathers, mothers and children. So I'm hoping that we can have this as an opportunity for even more people with uh, across generations to enjoy it together. Illumination has so much respect for Nintendo one of the finest companies in the world. And the opportunity for us to work with a legend, Miyamoto-san, was just very special. And it's been one of the most gratifying partnerships that we've ever had. They can expect pure joy, lots of nostalgia, and a tremendous amount of discovery. You know, for me, it was really seeing Mario and Peach come to life from, you know, what it was like a puppet into real-life human beings. That was so exciting for me. Now, just like you and me, the superstars, the stars that star in this movie, also have a deep connection to this game and all the stories involved. And I love hearing about this. Hearing about how this game influenced people during their lives and just what it meant to them. And we're going to start off, we're going to do a lot of them here, like I said, because this is, you know, you'd rather listen to them talk anyway. First, going to hear from Chris Pratt, then Keegan Michael Key, Anya Taylor Joy, Seth Rogen, Jack Black, and Charlie Day. How many opportunities do you ever get in your lifetime to take your child to a movie when the lead character has nostalgia for both you and your child? for having a profound impact on their childhood, right? Like, I'm going to take my 10-year-old to see this movie, and uh, he'll remember 
the first time he played Mario when he was nine, and I'll remember the first time I played Mario when I was nine. And in a way, we'll both be that, the same kids enjoying that. This game is something that, that people have, yeah, that definitely people have played all over the world, and I think it's just being part of this legacy is really, really, really an honor which is not, you know, sometimes you get excited that you get a role because of what it has in it. And sometimes you get that extra little boost that you get to be honored to be part of something that was bigger than you. This is a game that has, has gone past cultures and, and, and everybody in the world can share in it. It's been really a wonderful thing to be part of this, this, this world. My first recollection of Nintendo gaming would have been Donkey Kong. That's my, that was my game. So that, that original appearance of Mario is my experience of uh, the Nintendo world. And I just remember I played it and played it and played it and played it until the TV froze. <laughs> TV, the TV was like, no more, we can't take any more. Um, and the Nintendo just kept on going and kept on going. I wasn't a gamer growing up. My, that was my brother's realm. And he was very much like, this is my game. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll go and like play with cats or something. But now I got to have a second childhood with it, and I love it now. I'm highly competitive. It's a bit of a problem. But I hope that that means that I will get better at it because I will not let it go. If I play really poorly, we're playing like eight more times because I have to improve. <laughs> the age that I was when video games came out, uh, you know, kind of was very conducive to my development as a child and, and to the types of things I wanted to be doing as a child. And so, you know, um, when, when I was young, video games were simple. And as I got older, they got more complex and more interesting, which uh, was a great experience for me because it kind of felt like they were getting better along with my uh, desire for them to be better. Um, but yeah, Nintendo was you know, the system that kind of like ushered me through that entire evolution in a lot of ways. So my connection with Nintendo goes all the way back to when I was like 12 years old. The first time I played Donkey Kong in the arcade early 80s. Um, incredible uh, experience that I, along with the rest of the world, had with that first video game. Um, because it was the first real video game that kind of told a story. You got Mario, it's going to save the princess. And... And, and fight against Donkey Kong, uh, who really, let's be honest, it was just King Kong, giant gorilla. But they called him Donkey Kong so they wouldn't get sued. And, and, and you know, before that, it was just like Pac-Man. There's no story. It's just a, a weird yellow lemon that eats dots. This time it was had a beginning, middle, and an end. And then you follow Nintendo all the way through Super Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, and this, they slowly, over the decades, have built this huge universe of characters and storylines that is really unparalleled in the world of video games. Hats off to Nintendo for incredible, uh, incredible, uh, 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 what, what's the word I'm looking for? Universe. Uh, I was thrilled that I was just getting a chance to be in this thing. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, Luigi's an iconic character. I love the Super Mario Brothers. And then and then I was, you know, I, I was laughing out loud reading the script. I'm a child of the 80s, so uh, this was a... This was a big shift in, uh, in our childhood landscape. When, uh, when the... When you got the Nintendo, at least the one I got, it came with Super Mario Brothers. So it was the game that we all played and uh, we all loved and, and still love. It means a lot to just 
to get to be a part of this. And uh, I know how much it means to the fans of, of the characters. Just, it's an honor to, uh, you know, to, to, get, to be asked to do this. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from Chris Pratt. And he tells a great story here. I can just hear his sincerity, his honesty, and just talking about playing this game as a kid. And I think this is just really super cool. Here's Chris Pratt talking about when he was a kid and the story involved with Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers is the best-selling video game around the world, and I was one of the hundreds of millions of people who have played the game. Uh, I was nine years old in 1988, 89. Uh, we got the Nintendo Entertainment System at our house. Uh, also, I had played uh, Mario Brothers, the arcade game. There was a a dry cleaner by my house that had the game, and I was ab absolutely obsessed. If I found a quarter, if I could scratch together two dimes and a nickel, I was right off to uh, play to play Mario, and it was magic for me. It's that time in my childhood that, well, everyone's got that nostalgic uh, moment in their childhood that they hold on to, and you know, I think Mario is that nostalgic moment for a lot of people across many generations because there have been so many iterations of the game. It is exactly right. This is just timeless. It just goes from generation to generation. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from Keegan, Michael Key, and Chris Pratt. And each of them are going to talk about their characters. And then after you hear from Pratt talking about his character, Mario, we're going to have a scene. And like Keegan talks about, his character Toad is just enthusiastic, just happy as can be, and so proud of his area. So in this scene that with him and Mario... Toad just takes him on a tour of the area. There's not a lot of dialogue in this scene, but what happens is he just takes him all through this area. You'll hear sound effects from the game, a tube that they, you know, hey, what's in this, you know, hey, this tube gets you from here to there. And he goes, oh, this is a nice tube. Then bloop, he gets, you know, sucked in and he gets plopped out. And there's just so many little elements just within this scene that just recall playing the game and just, it's just so nostalgic. There's enthusiasm that's infectious about him. And I, I saw it on the page and I definitely also wanted to make sure I was imbuing the performance with that. And so I, I, I think that everything to his voice, to his attitude. So, so Toad's big thing is that he's such a proud member of the Mushroom Kingdom. It's really important to him that people understand what a wonderful and special place it is. So when he encounters Mario, it, there's this golden opportunity for him to show him his world and what his world is all about. And I think that that kind of um, pride that he has also is commingled with this loyalty that he has for Princess Peach. And that I think he's very, he's very proud. He has a lot of pride in the place that he's from and would do anything at all to protect it. And it doesn't matter how his size or his stature, he has, he's fierce and he's brave. And I think that's, that's a really great quality that he has about him. Mario is a wide-eyed dreamer who's devoted to his brother and his family. And uh, I really like that. That was me. I, I was a bit of a wide-eyed dreamer myself, very close with my own brother. Although, I think back in the day, I was more of the Luigi. And this is a guy, Mario, who's given up on the easy payday to reach out and go after his dreams of starting his own plumbing business. He wants to save Brooklyn through low prices and friendly service. And uh, little does he know, he's given an opportunity to do just that. Coming through, got a big event 
adventure happening right now. Just clear the path for us. If I could just... Here you go. Excuse me. Excuse me, everybody! Coming through! This guy's brother is going to die imminently! Out of the way, please! Just trying to clear a path. That's all I'm doing. He's gonna be fine. Chantrell! Nice to see you, bud. And what I love about animation films, they're in the booth, they're doing their thing. Sometimes they improvise, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just find the voice on their own. Sometimes, the, you know, directors work with them. And sometimes you find out that they got this character from a friend of them. All these kind of things. So up next, we're going to hear from Keegan Michael Key. And he's going to talk about this. He's going to talk about the directors, how he found the voice, working with them, being able to improvise. And I just, for me, I love hearing this kind of stuff. Because a lot of times you watch these kind of movies and you're thinking, all right, they just read read the script and they're done. But there's so much more involved when you're making these kind of films. Inflections, nuances, and finding that and then putting it down and then selecting which one to choose. I just It just so amazes me. Here he is talking about that whole process. Working with... Um with uh, Michael Jelinek and Aaron Horvath was really, really a lot of fun. These guys gave me a certain degree of freedom. And like I said before, it was really nice to be able to explore together to find the voice for Toad and to find the attitude for Toad. And because of what we did create uh, or co-create, I got to have a lot of fun in the booth. And they were always very open to letting me improvise. And sometimes we knew we wouldn't be using it, but whatever I would improvise would allow me to stay in character. And, and they weren't, you know, they always were open to that. And that kind of open dialogue and that kind of open spirit in uh, a creative workspace is essential. Well, uh, you know, I've been in the booth, to, I've done so many voiceovers. I've done several voiceover film, uh, voice, uh, uh, animated films where I've done voiceover for it. And this one is really special because I had the opportunity to really do a voice that's so completely different from my voice. Sometimes you go into the booth and somebody wants you to have a voice that's very similar to yours so that everybody kind of recognizes it's you and you will not be able to recognize it's me in this movie. And that to me was a really uh, a proud accomplishment. Well, when I created the voice for Toad, what I wanted to do was kind of emulate a friend of mine who has these very um, particular patterns and rhythms. So I was using my friend as the model. And then when I got to the director, I was using my voice as you hear it now. 
And the director's like, I like, I like what you're doing. Can you get it a little bit higher? And I was like, oh, sh- uh, well, yeah, sure. I, I, I get a little bit higher. And he says, can you get it even higher than that? And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I can get it a little bit higher than that. And he's like, can you get it higher than that? And I was like, let's see how tight these pants are. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, and so we got, we got it up there. As, and then what I did, I started thinking about just Keegan, just pretend you're on helium. Just pretend you're on helium the whole time, or and then I would just imagine myself sucking on a helium balloon so I could get to the voice. Just using a little bit of the old imagination, if you will. Um, I tried to stay on the page as as best as I could because the, because this movie, the story and the plot lines are very lean and very exciting in and of themselves. But I was given a lot of leeway to improvise. In fact. Um, uh, it, it, it kind of ended up on the cutting room floor, but I ended up improvising an entire song <laughs> for the uh, for the for the movie where um, Toad finally gets to go on an adventure, which he's been waiting for his whole life. He finally gets to go on this adventure, and I got to do that. So I got to actually improvise his little adventure song, and that was a lot of fun. So um, the director gave me a lot. He actually gave me quite a bit of freedom. Like I said, right? What a great set of interviews there. Just delving into the whole process. Now, speaking of the process, we have next Anya Taylor-Joy, and she's going to talk about the same kind of principles, working in the studio, finding the character. But I, what I really like about this interview, when she first was approached to be this character, you know, she was overjoyed, of course. But then there's that little part of her like, wait a minute, if she was the leader of this great area, why would she always be like asking for help? And she really didn't want to play a damsel in distress. So in this part of the movie... They don't make her like this damsel in distress. They make her more of, hey, let's go. Let's go get this. Because if you truly are a leader, you are somebody who people look up to. So they're trying to make that character a little bit more you know, believable and enjoyable for a character, for somebody to play. So after you hear some of her talk about that, we're going to have a clip. And then in this clip, Mario approaches her and she's like, okay, let's go. I'll show you how to get through this. Because if you can't do this, you know. Don't even do it. So she's going on this cool, jumping over obstacles, slow motion. You'll hear all the kind of noises. Again, there's not a lot of dialogue, but you can just hear the adventure in the air when you hear this. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a website so you can watch these in case you want to watch it, watch these interviews, the scenes, and you can watch them anytime you want on demand. So at the end of this, I'll give you that epi- give you that website. But in the meantime, listen to these incredibly cool interviews with Anya Taylor-Joy. Just delving into the character, finding it, I dig it. Aaron and Michael create such a beautiful environment to try new things, and they always feel very supportive of you. And if you want to try anything a bit, like, wild or crazy, they really have the door open for that. And we've just really enjoyed kind of getting to catch up along the year because you don't shoot this entirely chronologically or in one go. You kind of pick it up in little moments. So it's always nice getting to get back in the booth with them. She really is the master of her own fate. She grabs the reins. She takes control. She's um, very, very determined and absolutely fearless. She's just head first into battle. I think she's really cool. I aspire to be more like her. Princess Peach is an incredibly capable and great leader. First and foremost, and if you actually think about it, 
it makes sense that this is the way that she should have always been played. Because if you're the ruler of the Mushroom Kingdom and technically it's a flourishing society, if you're constantly being kidnapped and moved from castle to castle, you're not doing a very good job of leading. So I feel like this is, this is the way that she was supposed to be. <laughs> I think just showcasing that, you know, she's a 3D character. She's not just save me Mario. It's not only that. And I feel so grateful that Nintendo, Illumination, and the directors, we were all on the same page. Because when I was first approached to play her, I was so excited and so thrilled, but slightly trepidatious, just because I didn't want to play uh, the damsel in distress. And so I'm really glad that we were all on the same page there. Bowser and Princess Peach are um, rather different rulers. Um, Peach is very concerned about the welfare of the citizens of the Mushroom Kingdom. She wants everybody to be taken care of and to live peacefully. Bowser's a little more selfish in his desires. However, being played by the wonderful Jack Black, you still kind of love him. I don't know how that's possible, but you do. Peach is good at getting people together, and she's good at setting a plan. Mario brings the heart, probably. He really wants to find Luigi, and he kind of galvanizes all of us around that. Then you have Toad, who's just an eternal little ray of sunshine and kind of your ultimate hype man. And uh, Donkey Kong, he is bringing the laughs. I think I love that you end up in the silliest positions when you're in the vocal booth because you're trying to imagine everything around you. And so it's kind of like the first time that you do a take, you might feel a tiny bit self-conscious, but there's no room for being self-conscious in a vocal booth. You have to be extremely animated and really like bring everything that you've got to it. So I think I like how silly it can be sometimes. It's unbelievable and it's the biggest payoff because you kind of, you sit down and you see the world that you've been a part of but so much beauty, artistry, and hard work has gone on when you've not been a part of it at all. And I love, I love sitting down to movies and not knowing anything about them. That's like one of my favorite things to do. And I feel like in an animated project, that's the best of both worlds because you get to be a part of it and yet still have that surprise and that excitement. If you can finish this, you're coming with me. Watch and learn. This movie, of course, is just fun for the family, colorful, action-packed, humor. And coming up next, we're going to hear people talk about that. And just seeing it in the theater, seeing it with a whole bunch of people, you're going to hear from Anya Taylor-Joy, Keenan Michael Key, and Jack Black. And just also talk about the nostalgia of it all, and just how it just makes you feel. I was completely blown away seeing the finished film. I went to see it with a range of people of different ages, and I loved to see how happy everybody was at the end of it, and everyone was having such a good time throughout it. But you're also having those moments of, 
look at that, I remember that from this game, or oh my goodness, they've included this aspect of it. So it's really like a trip down memory lane. That makes me really excited to see it with a bigger audience because the energy of that crowd is just going to be incredible. I would say it is fun, epic, colorful, vivid, which is not the same thing. Um, it has a lot of heart. It is very funny. And it's just a really fun ride. The movie has to be seen on a big screen because of the, the sheer scope of it. Every time we go to a new land or a new kingdom inside of the, the Mario world, it, you, you, you want to see this on a large scale. I want to see Cranky Kong and Donkey Kong's world on a huge scale. I, uh, I want to see the Mushroom Kingdom on a huge scale. I want to see Bowser's lair, his you know, floating fire lava lair on a huge screen. There's just these great perspectives and there's enormous, enormous things that you want to see in scale to these tiny, small things. It's, it's an absolute feast for the eyes to watch this thing. There's a lot of things to take away, but one of the big things is Mario's spirit. I think that the spirit of this sense of loyalty and never say die um, is the thing, is one of the great themes in the piece. And I think that's good for kids to learn that sense of like, never give up, never give up. Keep fighting for what you want. Keep No matter what Mario does, he keeps his eye on the prize and he keeps looking for his brother. And it's really, it's, it's really actually inspiring. Very inspiring, heartwarming, and I hope people can take from that that if there's something that you want bad enough, you really can achieve it. If you think you can do it, you can do it the way that Mario decides he's going to do it. It's about perseverance and hard work. So that's one of, I think, many themes in the film, but that's one that really resonates with me. So I got to see the movie early, an early cut of it, and I was so blown away because when you're recording the voice, you don't really have a clear image of what it's going to look like. What, what are these characters going to look like? What are the backgrounds going to look like? And it looks like it cost a billion dollars. It looks so good. And the colors are so vibrant. It's almost like psychedelic. You feel like you're on a trip. You're like, oh. And you, you know, the details, when you go close up on Mario's eyeballs and the way it like glimmers and gleams and the reflectiveness of, of uh, his uh, his face and his features and just like the fields of mushrooms and all of this incredible rainbow backgrounds. It, it was just sort of like amazing. I love these interviews that they gave us this time around. And what's really great is I've been able to just play them for you because as you could hear, my voice is just terrible. It's falling apart. I could barely speak. So less me, more them. And speaking of that, we're going to have that coming up next. We're going to have Seth Rogen and Chris Pratt and they, those are some nice interviews. And Chris Pratt, I love that. He, he, you'll hear how emotional he got when he watched this film. And then we're going to hear from the directors. And then from the red carpet some more, we're going to hear from Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor-Joy. And I love her interview because we all know her from playing very dark, very particular roles. But how much joy she took from making this kind of joyful film. And then we're going to hear from Jack Black and Seth Rogen from the red carpet. There's like a big rainbow road chase, which is something that I've probably been wanting to see since I was a kid. Um, yeah, it, it does a good job of kind of, I think, capturing the worlds and settings and different levels of the games and uh, actually kind of, in, you know, incorporating them into the story and having them be a part of the action in a way that, uh, yeah, is, is, is fun, to, fun to finally see. We get to see a lot about Donkey Kong's kingdom 
and they just build these carts and they just rock and rock these hot rotted carts all around these uh, suspended highways through the jungle kingdom. It's really cool. You get a sense that, uh, I mean, it's, it's serious world building, amazing animated set pieces and, um, an opportunity to incorporate, of course, uh, Mario Kart into the, into the film. I loved it. I cried, actually. I literally cried seeing this movie. I was so proud of it. It's fantastic. It's funny. It's got a lot of heart. It touches on all of the nostalgia. It's, uh, you know, beautiful. It's beautifully lit, shot, and animated. And it looks, uh, it just, it, it's a masterpiece. I'm very, very excited about it. I think they could expect to see one of the most beautiful animated movies ever made with some of the best action set pieces I've ever seen. Um, I'm a little biased, of course, and, and some of the funniest, most charming characters uh, from a video game everybody, literally everybody loves. This is such an authentic Super Mario Brothers experience. We really wanted to, del to deliver the movie that we never got to see when we were kids. The pressure is, it's very... It's very precious to, to everybody, to you, to me, to everybody who played it from 1985 until now. It's a lot of people. Uh, the pressure's on, you know. Uh, it hasn't been a movie for 30 years, and finally the IP was given an opportunity to be turned into a film, and so that's not something you want to screw up. And thankfully the pressure's off because I've seen the film and we, and we didn't screw it up. It's freaking awesome. It's just a rare moment. I think it's these kind of moments, and I've had a, a, maybe a two or three of them in my career where at the end of it you just got to make sure you were like stopping and smelling the roses along the way they're not all like this this is an amazing uh, amazing combination of multi-generational passion for these characters and a film that really delivers so we're like we're just like cruising it's like it's like catching a great wave i don't surf but i'm gonna pretend like i do uh catching a great wave and all of a sudden you're like wow this is what it feels like. So stoked. Stoked, so bruh. Stoked. That's probably what it feels like. I don't know. I would probably drown if I tried to surf. But if you're a parent and you have kids, expect to actually enjoy the movie that you're taking your kid to. Sometimes you take them to animated movies because you love your kids, but you don't have to always love their movies because sometimes animated movies suck. Expect to really enjoy this. Expect to be surprised. Uh, expect to have your heartstrings pulled. Expect to find pools of sentiment in your soul you forgot about. Be opened up and you'll be swimming in them. It's a, it's a really amazing, uh, it's a really amazing ride and honestly I think it's just the beginning. They're gonna have such a good time and it feels wonderful. You know, I do a lot of very dark roles and I have a very soft spot for that. But the idea that this is just a film that's going to bring joy to people, that they're going to love the music, the comedy, the characters, I'm, I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. I was always a class clown. I was always a ham. Uh, if you told 15-year-old Jack Black that I'd be on a red carpet in a Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, my brain would have exploded, and I would have been, like, really looking forward to my life. Really, really looking forward to my 50s. <laughs> uh, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, dreamy role for a, for a video gamer from the 80s to be here right now. It's like really visually beautiful and the story is uh, really fun and resonant and they found a way I think to like incorporate everything you would hope is in a Super Mario Brothers movie into like really great big huge fun set pieces uh, in a very satisfying way. And like I said those are some great interviews. You can just hear the enthusiasm in everybody involved in this film and I think it really shows on film. And if you can't see it in a theater, it'll still be great if it comes out on, on demand, DVD or whatever platform you guys buy it in or watch it on. 
But this is that kind of movie that just, it's just fun to watch. It takes you right back to your youth, or if you're even young now, it still makes you feel good. Well, I hope you enjoyed our in-depth look at the Super Mario Brothers movie. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, any way to improve this show, feel free to let me know at cinemajudge at hotmail.com. Or you go to Instagram, it's The Cinema Judge. You go to YouTube, many other platforms. Even if you go to Horizon Worlds, part of the whole meta universe thing, just look up Cinema Judge. Just one word. I've met so many fun people there talking about movies, hearing what people have to say. It's been a blast. So if you ever want to actually talk to me, I'm there, you know, often that later at nights. And a lot of times on a Friday night, I'm at the rooftop after party. It's this little place created by Mikey Ace. It's just a great place where people go there. It's all request music, whatever songs you like. It could be from any genre. He takes requests, he plays tunes, you just sit around there and chat and zero gravity, fly around, do whatever. So if you ever want to sit around and chat, talk movies, I'm often there on Friday nights. Usually it's 10, 11 o'clock or so, or later central time. So I don't know what time you are in the world, but the Meta Universe Horizon Worlds rooftop after party. I'm there to talk movies anytime you want or any other platform you want. Feel free to contact me. I would love your feedback because I can't grow if I don't know. Now, if you want to watch the TV version of this and watch it on demand whenever you want, we actually see these interviews in the clips, either go to Bloomington, Minnesota's webpage where it's a cable access show there, and just type in Cinema Judge, or go to bit.ly backward slash Cinema Judge. And there should be a whole slew of these shows there, and watch them on demand whenever you want. But now, let's get to my favorite part of the show, before I go off on another coughing tangent. This is where I thank all of you, or as many as I can, all the listeners who listened to the last episode. And I love hearing how you listen to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you're driving to work, sitting at home, or just being lazy, or going on a long road trip. Or even some of you, you use it as a nightlight. You push play, you'll play it through the evening. Hey, that's that's even better. That's fantastic. Or you might be listening to this years from now. And I love that too. So wherever, whenever, or whatever you're doing, this is for you. All my listeners from the United States, Poland, United Kingdom, Germany, Austria, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, Chicago, Illinois, Portland, Oregon, Madison, Wisconsin, Albany, New York, Littleton, Colorado, Morrisville, Pennsylvania, Valencia, California, South Hadley, Mass, and man, I can't I can't pronounce this one at all. B I D G O S Z C Z. And there's a couple other long words after that. I don't I'm not trying to disrespect disrespect your area. I'm just grateful that you listened. So thank you so much. London, England, Frankfurt A. M. Maine, Hess, and S. A. N. K. T. A. N. D. R. A. E. Corinthia. And that's just to name a few. I'd go on and on, but my as you hear, my voice is having a tad bit of trouble here. But to every solitary one of you, I am indebted to you taking time out of your life to listen to this show. I am truly grateful. So to each and every one of you, cheers. But now it's time for the bourbon shout out. Now this week it goes out to Jackie and Jonathan from Park Nicollet. I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, these two are incredible professionals. 
I have, you know, for in case you care, I have some arthritis in my hip and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's really been annoying. So these guys were able to give me an injection and hopefully it'll, you know, helps out with my, my issues when I'm walking, all that jazz. Any of you out there who experienced stuff like this, you know how annoying that stuff could be. But these two, they just went in there, boom, 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 boom. We talked movies. We had a great time. Professional to the end. I, they are very patient with me. So to both Jackie and Jonathan, truly, thank you for talking movies with me. That was outstanding. You made it go so fast and smooth. Both of you guys are very awesome, and I'm grateful. So to you two, cheers. But now, it's the music section. And when I was making this episode, I just remember as a kid going to Showbiz Pizza Place. We'd go there early in the morning before the store, before it would open. And then if you got in there early enough, when he started up the machines, the first game that you played, didn't happen all the time, but every once in a while, the first game that you played, you could play endlessly without putting any quarters in until you actually stopped. And after you stopped and walked away, then you have to start putting in quarters. So if you got lucky, you'd be able to land on a machine and play it forever. It was the best of times when you're when you're playing arcade games. And when you landed on Donkey Kong, when it first started off as Donkey Kong before he became, you know, his own game, Mario Brothers, I remember just playing that and so many other games of that era for hours. I'd get blisters on my fingers. So when I started making this episode, I go, well, I'm going to listen to stuff from around 81-ish. So I throw, so started throwing down a ton of that stuff from that era, from, you know, Kim Carnes, Kenny Loggins, John Lennon, Rick Springfield, Cool and the Gang, Daryl Hall and John Oates, Eddie Rabbit, Ario Speedwagon, Blondie, The Pointer Sisters, Climax Blues Band, that song I Love You, uh, that's just wherever that song just sticks in my head. Very underappreciated. If you have time, check that one out by the Climax Blues Band. It's called I Love You. It Whatever, something about it just sticks right at home for me. Neil Diamond, Air Supply, Barry Gibb, Styx, Foreigner. I could go on and on, guys. You get the general idea. I was trying to get in the mood for this era when I remember going, playing the game, and just, just loving that time. Well, that is it. A, my voice is going, and my glass awaits. So cheers to you and to the movies. So till next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. <laughs>